Oh my god, hi! You're back, so are we. We are, we're here, and you are too. We love that. Love it. Um, yeah, there's like a huge sense of appreciation for listening to our podcast. So big. Oh my god. So deep. My heart overfloweth. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. My cup runneth over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we love you. That's the energy we have today. Mm-hmm. Always and forever. Mm. Never no? mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, thank you for being here. While you're thinking about it, please go like, share, and review our podcast. Mm. I would love to read some new reviews, get those ratings up in 2024. We didn't do great at, you know, following the directions in 2023, but we're going to we're going to do better as listeners. Me too. I'm going to also review and rate the podcast that I listen to. Mm, do you know I actually did do that this week. You did? I did. To who? Um so I listened to Cat's mm-hmm. uh podcast, Cat Cantrell, so I gave her a rating. I yeah. didn't review it cuz I don't know. I I listened to it on Spotify and I don't think Spotify gives you that option. Ah. Um, but I also started listening to um, Fuckboy uh, Mark Manson's um, podcast. Fuckboy uh, Mark Manson? Yeah, he's a little douchey, but I find it kind of hot. Yeah. You know, and As he's kind of just like men. one of those like bad guys, you know, bad boys who like has the word fuck in his book title. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like self-help but not self-help. You know what I mean? Do you follow him on Instagram? I don't. I do. Oh, and I now I'm wondering, is he like self-help for the the bro who doesn't want to admit he's a bro? Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a kind of like um like nerd who became like a fuckboy kind of situation. You know, <laughs> like that's part of his transformation. His a little bit. And like it's actually been fun me to listen to his podcast because I feel like I've learned a little bit more about him as a person mm. um and the way that he acts and the way that he is. Um <laughs> with his quote unquote team. And uh, there have been times where I've just been like rolling my eyes at him a little bit, but like, I don't like, I'm not throwing him in the trash quite yet. You know what I mean? Have you read the subtle art of not giving? I have. I bet I read it. I don't know. A long time ago. I read it actually on a road trip to Salt Lake city. So like a couple months ago. Um, when I went to Salt Lake City, you read do- it while you were driving. No, it was the audiobook version. Bit. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I listened wait to a it. second. Yeah, no, I listened to him read it to mm-hmm. me in okay. the car okay. while I was driving Makes to Salt Lake City, sense. which was like a 17 hour road trip. And I was like, oh my God, I could read so many books. But the whole time I listened to The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck and then also Kat Cantrell's podcast. That, mm-hmm. Those were like my two buddies. Cool. Yeah. Those are so. two very different voices to have in your I head. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so if there's yeah, no, any insight into my psyche, those are the voices, oh, you know, God. that are constantly at war within me. <laughs> it's like the, you know, the good angel and the bad angel. Mark Manson yeah, is the bad angel and Cat say. Control is the angel. Angel. Yeah. yeah so. Those are um, two I, like parenting extremes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how I feel about us. You and I. Two We're, different parenting extremes. <laughs> I'm just kidding, mostly. Um, okay. But yeah, I actually finished all of Kat's episodes. I've, I'm like up to date. I've listened oh. to every single one of her episodes, and I'm obsessed with her. Hear that, Kat? Yeah, we love you. Love you, Kat. Yeah. Cool. So I did that. I, I rated, and I did not review, but I rated, and I followed, well, you're subscribed. You're halfway there. I know. Be like Caleb, everybody. Yeah, be like me. 
Yeah. Do just, as I say, not as I do. But do as I do, not as I say. this time. Right. Yeah. I don't know. This this was a good example to follow. Yeah. For once. You make a lot of good choices. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll go with that. Sarah, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's Thursday. We're supposed to get more snow. It's currently snowing right now. Yeah. yeah. We're supposed to get one to three inches. <clears throat> I am tired of shoveling. Mm. I am tired of snow blowing. Mm-hmm. I am tired of being slushy and wet and disgusting. Mm. Yeah. I am ready for spring. Same. Um, I am so over all of it. I am actually just coming here from a massage and I didn't realize like how sore and how beat up my body is because mm-hmm. of the shoveling and the snow and the way that I like I hold my body when I'm walking on the ice and all that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I feel that deep, deep in my soul. Mm-hmm. Right. So but besides that, that's it. I just, I'm tired of winter and it's only the middle of January. <laughs> yeah, we so only have got a like, long way to go. Like two more months ish to like be like in the clear, you know. Mm-hmm. So here we are. <laughs> yep, that's all. Cool. Okay. <sighs> oh. I'm doing great, by the way. Thank you oh, for I'm asking. Sorry. I, no, it's fine. I don't care. I didn't know if there was more to share beyond uh, oh, you were thinking your about review. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. and I was just taking a, a pause. Mm hmm. How are you, Caleb? <laughs> um, do you know what? I've been better. Have you? Yeah. Uh, it's the, I hate winter so hard. And I just feel like I have been in such a place. Mm. And I don't know quite how to talk about it. But there was a TikTok that I came across where this woman was saying, like, do you feel tired all the time? Are you, like, not wanting to socialize? Do you feel like a goblin? Well, guess what? It's winter. You're supposed to feel that way. We're the only animal in the world, animal, that thinks that we can or that we're above nature, mm-hmm. you know, that like we're not at the whim of like, you know, the seasons. Yeah. And that like there's this reptilian part of our brain that's like, oh, it's cold outside. There's nothing hibernate. to do. You can hibernate. You can, you know, rest. stay inside and rest. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that operates, I think, on, uh, you know, that kind of mental psychological level but i think also like on the spiritual level where like i've just kind of been feeling um i don't know how to put it like more in interior focused you know Mm -hmm. like i've been kind of um wrapping into myself and kind of trying to heal some some heavy things that i've been going through like the depression and the anxiety so that's kind of where i've been wow but you know it's good to be out here with you well, good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I have therapy tomorrow now oh, that you talk God about healing. God bless it. Um, and I want to share something that I just <gasps> thought of that's oh, exciting. You're going to share something that's exciting, please? Yeah. Is everyone ready? Oh, I'm ready. I couldn't even be more ready than I am right now in this minute. Okay. Well, this week is Caleb and my four-year friendship anniversary. <gasps> Nuh-uh. Yay. Oh, my God. Pop up on my phone, and it was oh from Facebook or yeah, whatever. It yes. was us and Abby and Sarah, mm. and we were finishing our week of oh intensive God. yoga training. I might cry, and that's where we met. Oh my God, we were so cute four years ago. We were, we were like younger. And we were cuter. younger, cuter. <laughs> my hair was shorter. 
I was thinner. Mm. Your hair was way shorter. Way shorter. You had like no hair. Right. And I was also thinner. Were you? Yeah. Well, you look the same to me. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That was like right on the heels of my breakup with my ex. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had like shaved my head, started to like lose a lot of weight. Mm. Mm -hmm. I was in the throes of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like we were all going through... um, the tumults of life. The tumults, yes. Yeah. It was a shitty time for me. <laughs> I love that word. I do too. I'm so glad you used that. Yeah. And Abby was going through a shitty time. Mm, I don't know about mm-hmm. Sarah, but it was also quarantine, COVID. Yeah. So we had to take a COVID test before like basically declaring mm. to not be around anyone else besides each other for yeah. that time. Insular. That's the word I was looking for. Not interior. Insular. So it was also oh, okay. an insular time for us because we were with each other. We were quarantined we were, yeah. together mm-hmm. for like 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. It was. That experience was life changing. It was life changing. Mm. So happy anniversary, boo. Uh, babe, I didn't get you anything. <laughs> it's okay. You got me a Christmas gift and I didn't get you one. So now That's we're, right. Now we're I'm even. mad again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care. Um, But do you know what's also equally as exciting as our anniversary? What? Our love anniversary. What? We have a guest. (gasps) No. Yes, Where have they been hiding? Oh, my God. Come on down, (laughs) Saria. Saria. Yes. I feel like showers of sparkles just like flooding my way. They did. You can't see them, them listeners, but they did. There were fireworks. In everything, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, y'all. Hi, Zaria. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. We have been so looking forward to this moment. Um, We have, you know, in the past discussed what kind of guests we want to have on this podcast. And I believe you were like one of the first we've like kind of brainstormed you were like on our original list flattered mm-hmm. before yeah. we Honored. knew each other IRL. yeah yeah mm-hmm. right i know we were in peripheries for a while before we actually like got yeah. to like, yeah. link up and connect mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but that's the fun thing about our little spiritual yoga community is i know our little just... eastern iowa yes yeah. girlies <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes we're all just like a few degrees away from yeah. each other mm-hmm. somehow. So we're for really sure. happy that you're joining us today. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for inviting me. And we've been cyber stalking you for a while. Um, both of us. I don't cyber stalk. <laughs> he prowls. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we have both been looking at your work and felt like it resonated with us. So yeah. will you tell our listeners who aren't cyber stalkers? Everything you're about. Yeah. Who are you? Who wow. are you? Who is Okay, Saria? so the most true way to say this is that I am consciousness. Oh, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all the world, you know, you were all the universe contracted into individual little slices, right? So I am Zarya right now. And mm. yeah, yes. so I'm Zarya. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. And um, I am a yoga teacher in the Himalayan yoga meditation tradition, and I'm in school right now. A big part of my life, big theme of my life right now is uh, schooling for yoga therapy and Ayurvedic medicine. And um, I work within the whole paradigm that kind of combines yoga therapy, uh, traditional Ayurveda and Vedic astrology and kind of works together in this whole like Mm. brilliant spiritual outlook of life that um, I think uh, is really my, my path in my life, like my dharma, like we say. In yoga, sure, right? yeah. And um, I 
teach yoga. I currently am uh, starting to actually build like my private yoga therapy practice, which mm. has been very fun. Um, and then I also am a uh, reentry services coordinator at the amazing Inside Out Reentry Community in Iowa City, uh, and we support folks returning to Johnson County after incarceration. Mm. And uh, we have a whole robust system of programs there, and we opened up a reentry house last fall, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So a lot of spirituality and a lot of social justice mixed together is essentially what I'm about. I think that's so important. So I hope that you two are ready to go deep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm prepared to go deep. Yeah. I'm just going to take that to a different place. But yes, we love it deep here Um, at Other. One question for you is, I think a lot of people have this conception of yoga as just asana, right? Can you speak to um, what yoga therapy is for the listeners who don't know? Yeah, for sure. So there is couple different ways to say this. Yoga therapy is essentially the professional pathway that has been made in the U.S. that utilizes the principles, practices, and techniques of yoga for therapeutic outcome for folks that are struggling with any dimension of their life. Mm -hmm. Yoga is an entirely holistic system. Uh, Yoga therapy also, in the lineage that I'm trained in and in other lineages, was always seen as this whole system of therapy. So yoga therapy is kind of like this Mm. new term that's existed here to like separate um, yoga classes, yoga fitness classes from bringing back like, oh, what was yoga really for tailored Mm. to individuals? Um, And the more that we've seen um, all of this amazing research that many people have have known is true for a long, long time. Western science is now seeing this value. So there's this this push, this pull to get integrated into the healthcare system mm. um, and to be of service with for people in a way that is also integrated into an ethical framework that also brings people into um, having to be morally sound as care providers, et cetera. Sure. So we have to throw a word like therapy on top of yoga in order for it to be accepted. And, right. And to right. be understood. So there's all of these different ways right. that like the whatever Trojan horse approach you want to you sure. make. Um, but yoga in, in essence has always been about integrating the being, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The word yoga itself yes. Yes. <laughs> has yes. to do with integration yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I love that. And it's, you know, it's equally like frustrating that we live, live in the society, right. Where like this ancient knowledge, right. Of yoga or, um, even I would say of like any kind of like indigenous, mm-hmm. like health, you know, wellness or, um, life, you know, is so like easily discarded in, um, in favor of a Western approach, which is, you know, very like quote unquote scientifically minded or, you know, data, whatever. Um, and we don't have to go into like how prejudiced all that is quite yet, but quite, yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, cause I'm ready to go deep baby. Um, but it is so like, but it's on the other hand, right? So it's frustrating. And on the other hand, it's, um, it's wonderful that there is this movement, right? To begin to accept it, to bring it into mm-hmm. um, the healthcare system, to bring it into a wider, um, I don't know, accessibility, really? Because people don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Um, but people like you who are doing the work are bringing it into the mainstream, you know, mm-hmm. which makes it more accessible, I think. Yeah, I think access is the is the key. Um, we want to maintain the practice because, as we mm. see, it comes over to the West and it gets watered down, right? And and misappropriated and appropriated. 
but at the same time, we don't want it to be just in the ivory towers. We don't want it to be kept like yoga is meant to be mm-hmm. for the masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Especially at this time, even if it wasn't before. And sometimes we can look around and see right now that we desperately need things like this mm-hmm. um, and returning to a global indigenous way of, rem- of remembering how we are beyond these systems of oppression that we currently find ourselves in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Can you talk about how for you uh, the pathways of yoga and yoga therapy and social justice find each other and intertwine? Yeah. Um, so I had a really cool period of time in my life in like 2017, 2018, I was actually starting my first yoga teacher training at the same time that I was starting my social justice major at the University of Iowa. Mm. Um, so I had these these streams, just kind of, I just like dumped into both of these streams at the same time. And my, my studies at the University of Iowa really led me through a lot of looking at like global political economy, um, international development and the history of colonization, Mm. which, oh, boom, you learn about the colonization of India right while I'm in the yoga teacher training. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. There's some connections here Mm. that I never would have heard about in the yoga teacher training, right? but did know about in academia, but also academia was not telling me anything about the rich spiritual tradition of India Mm. um, either. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I saw very clearly (laughs) those things connecting. And then also at that same point in time, there were some other teachers I'll, I'll name Michelle Cassandra Johnson first and foremost because she's a huge inspiration in my life. Um, she wrote her book Skill in Action, which was about radicalizing your yoga practice to create a just world. Yep. So all of these things just kind of came together at the one time. And actually, I'll credit my teacher, Fanny Hungerford, for, for introducing me to Skill in Action, that book. Um, but I was like, it was a moment of finding Dharma where it's like, oh, OK, I am going to shut up and just listen to how clearly this is what I'm supposed to be following. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, it was tragic and terrible and really hard to do that after I started. But it was, yeah. but it was um, also, of course, liberating as I was aligning on a more authentic path that was uh, led me towards. Okay, I've been like it's been smelling funny for a while, and now things are starting to make more sense about why it smells so funny around mm, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the question about where yoga and social justice intersect, I think that it's all uh, yoga is inviting us to remember that we are all of this earth that we all are these divine creatures on the planet and to act in a way, if we all really remembered that it harm would be obsolete. We wouldn't be, wouldn't be treating each other this Mm. way. So it really gets down into um, our deepest connection with ourself and our environment and then how we show up in the world. So yoga is about the nuts and bolts of our personal relationship and all of our relationships in the world that then uh, roll out into the systems that we create as people in societies. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yoga is subver- subversive. Um, and I just heard Dr. Sham Raghunathan say that on a podcast this week. So I'm going to mm-hmm. credit him for that. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. We also read skill in action uh, during our yoga teacher training. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I think we both credit Sarah Driscoll for is Mm -hmm. the fact that she decided to integrate social justice into our training when so many teachers in the area just teach you the colonized version of yoga where you go to class for the poses and for a workout and to sweat um, and don't prioritize like the indigenous roots and the fact that yoga is a political act in itself. Mm. 
Um, and she mentioned that when she was on the podcast as well, that if you're practicing yoga the correct way, you're being political and you're, you know, making a very active choice. So I think that's awesome that you found that not only in your practice, but then that your personal life mirrored that and they both just like shined a light on each other at the exact right time. Yeah. That book was like our only textbook in our class Mm -hmm. when we were going through the training. That was like the one book that we were given, like, you need to read this and this is our textbook for the class. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and it was, there was a lot of deconstruction. I think that like... <clears throat> that book and, you know, the ideas that, you know, Sarah was kind of giving us um, that did feel like, oh, there, this is what that stink is. You know, mm-hmm. like, like what you were talking about, like that fishy, you know, smell. It's like mm, something doesn't quite feel right. And so like there's it's been this like door opening of like finding out more and more like what oppression looks like, where is it existing at? And it's, oh, it's existing everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, knowing how far back that goes and the way that it shows up now, it's, yeah, it's been a process for sure. And yoga has always been uh, addressing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Human behavior, humans on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, I had the absolute pleasure of actually joining Sarah Driscoll's most recent teacher training this last weekend to do a module oh, on, on sacred activism and yoga Hell and social yeah. justice. We had a great time. Um, I tried to come up here and the snow was like, absolutely not. Right. And then I went back <laughs> home and I zoomed in. So it was really, it was a really good time. Um, and l- things are moving, right? Like the fact that these conversations are being had more, that more people are, mm. are in this vein of, of, of trying to, to wake up and study more deeply which also is what being yoga students is an invitation for to not stop studying <laughs> right. and to mm-hmm. keep looking within, to keep going and to, um, of course, move at a, not moving faster than the pace of trust and the fa- faster than our, than our own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like what you said about yoga being political, but it's also so, so personal because mm-hmm. um, yoga really is the whole tradition is about how radically we can get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so through that, we get to know ourselves. We see ourselves and everybody else. So naturally, mm-hmm. we don't we don't harm. But it really is this quest to get to know ourselves in the best way possible to be like, this is who I am. I don't I trust that you can do this same journey and tell me who you are instead of expecting everybody to fit the mold mm-hmm. of who we want them to fit. Yoga is inviting us to go in and say for ourselves, who are we based off of our personal connection that we've found with whatever essence, divine, Brahma, whatever you want to find at the depths of your being. Um, So then that in that same way, as we are all not supposed to look and, and be the same, our politics and our activism in this way looks radically different as well. So we pull that, you know, the we pull on all of the threads from all of the angles mm-hmm. to unravel a, a system. Yeah. And so like honoring all of our diversity, honoring all of our nuance. Um, cause there can also be a tendency, uh, to say, well, this is how I show up politically. And that's exactly how you have to show up as well. <laughs> completely discrediting other people's lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And also saying, actually, I hope that you have the skills so you can go inside and be as confident about what your path is as I'm confident about my path mm. and then we can support each other and following what we know is best for us. And then we find people naturally that we collaborate with because there will be people that we vibe with. Mm-hmm. Sure. From there. Yeah. I think that there's like that active kind of, 
putting activism or, you know, revolution like in a box, right? Yeah. Like, it's only in the way that I understand it. And if you're not fitting in that box, then you're not doing it the right way or it's not as effective or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm the end all be all arbiter of right. that. I'm the gatekeeper <laughs> of yeah. what that is, yeah. you know? And I think that that's Often so... Often comfortably from my apps on my phone and couch. Right. <laughs> yes. 2024 almost all the time. Yeah. Um... Oh shit, I just had a thought and it left me. Come back. Yeah, come back wherever you are. Um, oh, I was reading this. I've been reading uh, this book um, and I don't know quest, like how to feel about the author. I've like found out some things that I'm like, mm. Mm. but uh, it's called The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. He was a psychologist in the 70s and 80s and there was problematic stuff. Anyway, um, he talks about love a lot in this book. And he talks about love like on a spiritual level, like in the way that we interact with each uh, with each other, um, but with also like society um, in general, mm-hmm. right? And he talks about love being this act of um, extending ourselves and growing ourselves and becoming more expansive and bigger um, in our understanding, not only of ourselves, but of other people, mm-hmm. right? And I think while you were talking, that image came back to me that like the more that we practice, you know, yoga, the bigger we become in our understanding and our love of not only of ourselves, but of everybody else around us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such a beautiful uh, picture to paint, you know, because it looks so different (laughs) for everybody, you know, because it is like understanding the fullness of ourselves and of our humanity, but the way that that humanity is also present in everybody else. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's just so, um, encouraging mm-hmm. I think especially when there's like so much darkness right and there is so much oppression and and these systems feel so um like a fortress that you can't break intractable yeah right? yeah. yeah um and I just I'm so in love with yoga and it's so like great to talk to somebody who is doing like such deep work in it um, especially in a place like Eastern Iowa. I know I'm a little obsessed and it's, it's, yeah. it's funny cause you get, yeah, you go further down you're like, Oh my God, I am way less relatable to most people. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's like, okay though, because I'm like, Oh, well then I can, d- we learn how to use our personality in mm. different ways to still yeah. be able to relate with people. But it's also like, Oh, like, <laughs> that, that, yeah. Uh, and it, it's like, I wasn't even as consciously like it was there was some there were just deeper deeper desires that were pulling me towards this path before i was even conscious like okay mm. i'm i'm going to absolutely be in like you know an, an agent of this tradition and really mm. share from from these depths but like it it brought me there um but it's like you go you, you get so far in you're like oh did i mean to do this did i want to do this and it's like it's too late now girl it's just right. like okay <laughs> well <laughs> and also it's like we we do shed every every moment of up leveling or expanding consciousness or whatever there's going to be that moment of fear of panic and then we shed mm. the skin and then we're like ah mm-hmm. um and then it's over and over and over again right so the, it's the process the shedding that repeats of some itself yes, yes yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. um when one I'm of the things I got too <laughs> that um came to me while you were um speaking um, is this idea that people I've heard from so many times when I uh, mentioned that I'm a yoga teacher or it's mentioned mm-hmm. around me that like people are like, Oh, I want to do yoga, but I'm afraid mm. or like I'm intimidated. And I'm like, initially my first thought is like, yeah, that impulse is right. Yeah, <laughs> actually <laughs> you should be a little afraid, yeah. you know, because I think people's understanding and this was my understanding before I even got into yoga, um, was it was just based on, you know, asana, you know, just stretching and strengthening and like how hard, you know, that workout is, Mm. you know? Um, And then after taking my yoga teacher training and like deepening my practice and then like 
just sort of cracking the door open on like the depth and the weight and the expansiveness of yoga um, was, and it's been like this every time that I learn more is that it's like drinking water from a fire hose. Yeah. You know, yeah. That it is so much. Uh, and there's such a rich history and it just, I'm only ever scratching the surface of it sometimes. Um, but the work exists to do that, to yeah. just keep scratching and to keep going and to keep deepening and to keep practicing mm-hmm. and to keep, you know, expanding my understanding. Um, but, you know, what what do you say as a yoga teacher now to people who are just starting yoga? Yeah. Like, how do you not, like, gatekeep or be like, you, this is everything. And if you're not doing everything, then you're doing it wrong. So, um, no yoga tradition has ever expected us to be able to do everything. Yeah, that's literally not what the yoga sutras or any other path is saying. It's understood that we are starting. Oh. And so we are students. So there is a radical amount of humility and all of this uh, uh, elitism or scoffing down at people for being beginners is all completely unfounded and not, and not grounded in, in, the, in the tradition. The, the role of the teacher is to meet the student wherever they are. Mm. And the student is unfolding at the correct pace. Mm. Um, so I absolutely don't want to gatekeep yoga. If people are, st- I think there's difference between people that want to start yoga and explore yoga versus people that want to teach yoga. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that there there is a different res- level of responsibility and a different level of be like, well, watch out f- for the fact that you probably need to put a lot more into this than you might think mm-hmm. at the onset because of the way yoga is, is set up in the United States with the 203 hour things. People think that like oh, they do a 200-hour teacher training and they are now this yogi from the cave in Himalayas, which yeah. is I think really not true. That takes so, so, so long. If so you're the, doing yoga the right way, 200 hours should show you that you know absolutely nothing. Almost nothing, about right? right. It was the pre... It was like, yeah, it's, it was like, it was just the pre-work right. um, for anything. So it's, it's not like, well, even now Yoga 101. No, it's, it's not. Like it's like pre, the prerequisite it's literally, Yoga 101. Yeah, it's, it's elementary, yeah, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so as, I think so as well. Um, yeah. And it's not... It's just the way it's unfolded is uh, is unfortunate, but at the same time, I love that this is out here, mm-hmm. so we can polish our skills and share in a bit more accurate yeah. way because it seems like people are ready for that. Right. Um, I want to. I feel like I wanted to pull on the thread that you said about okay, so not gatekeeping, but what do we say to people when they're starting yoga? Right. Yeah. Be gentle with themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to do it all at once. I did put my mouth around a fire hose and then turn the fire hose on full blast Mm. and had a terrible time integrating stuff. And I was demanding so much of myself. I knew that I wanted to go deep so that, you know, I'm a very fiery person. And so that was what I did. But looking back, I was like, oh, there were so many instances where I was just replicating harm because I was expecting myself Mm. to know it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not, that's really not what it is about. Um, all of this wisdom does already live inside of us mm-hmm. yeah. is, is the truth. So these, these teachings help us reveal that and we need the teachings, but it also is completely understood that we are all starting at a certain point. We all have all of the wisdom of the universe inside of us actually. Mm-hmm. And we utilize our peers and teachers and others to help kind of bring us there, guide us on the path, bring us along. But there's no, there's no such thing as being late to the game. Right. Um, so the, I, the intimidation is valid, especially from what we see. Mm-hmm. But 
start with humility and an open mind. And really the only thing that you need to do to start yoga is simply be open to observing yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. Sincere, sincerity and dedication is the only thing required to be a student of yoga. What do you say, or both, how do you feel and what do you say if you have a student show up to your class who is just there for the asana and they're like, mm -hmm. I'm fresh from work, I'm stressed, I just need like a quick power hour to get all of this out. And if the student continue to, continues to come back but is so unwilling maybe to incorporate the deeper work outside of the physical class and you being someone who is so well-versed in the yogic path and the studies, like how do you feel when you have students that are totally uninterested in that? And how do you try to incorporate some of those spiritual teachings in without being offensive to someone who maybe is not there for that and never will be? Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of nuance. We're always we're always uh, kind of balancing a lot of fine lines. Mm. But um, ultimately, I know what I have to offer, and I offer that, and then I can't be attached to the fruits of the action yeah. in the most yogic way, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. um, people are going to show up, and not everybody is going to want the class that I offer. Mm. Right. That person that wants asana only, well, everything I do with asana teaching is is meditative mm. and has mm. to do with prana and life force. Mm -hmm. So she's going to get that too. If she doesn't want anything more than the physical practice, then I'm going to honor that that's where she's at. If she wants to keep coming back to the class, then she'll keep coming back to the class and we'll be doing the things that are going to guide her to that, to that space. So, and then for the people that do want what I'm offering and really want to learn more then those people will keep coming back. Mm. Um, it's, I used to, I, I definitely used to get more deflated because I was like, oh my gosh, these like people are expecting this hot, sweaty workout from me and I'm going really slow. And I can tell that some people in the room are like, why, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And what, what I was doing previously was, was basing the validity of my practice off of my perceived reaction from the people in the space yeah. Yeah. instead mm -hmm. of being actually connected to my heart. <laughs> There's a lot where of ego. I'm where, right. I'm channeling <laughs> this, where I'm channeling the stream of wisdom yeah. from, right. which is that is there, it comes out, it happens, people get from it what they will, mm. and they go about their day. Um, I can't force anybody onto any kind of path, and that's mm. quite, that, that's not what we're supposed to be doing either. Right. Um, so, uh, it's, it is challenging uh, in different spaces, like I teach in clinics at the College of Dentistry and the University of Iowa. So there's mm -hmm. those kinds of spaces where I just can, we can be more honest with people about this is what, this is my style. This is what I have to teach. This is what a yoga class looks like with Zarya. And if you don't want that, then I encourage you to find a teacher that resonates with you better. Sure. We've had those classes that we've gone to where we're like, I did not like that. Right. And so you didn't go back to those classes. Right. I don't hate that teacher. <laughs> right. There's nothing. It's really way less about us. That, per, that student mm. just needs something else at that moment than mm -hmm. we can offer. Mm -hmm. It yeah. doesn't mean that, like what, we, that, that ego, what we can. Right. Uh, yeah. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean that what we're offering isn't beautiful. Mm. Uh, what is right for us to be offering at that moment. Um, but we can't ever like. I think I've twisted myself into a lot of knots trying to put myself in what I thought everybody in the room mm, wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always wrong anyway, because <laughs> what am I doing? I'm just giving into stereotypes about right. what modern yoga means. <clears throat> what if five people showed up that are exactly like me? Mm. And then I just taught something completely different when... They'd be like, this wasn't what we thought Zaria was all right. about. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what, while hard. you're talking about... like, <laughs> I, I, like I'm taking back to these times where I've been in like a, teaching a class... 
And my perception of what it is that I'm doing is completely different than what the students like reflect back to me yeah. at the end of class, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that there's this idea too that um, I was reading into what you were saying is that there's this separation between like invitation mm. and prescription. Yeah. Right. Mm. That like we're inviting through the space, through asana, right. To have these people open up their minds and to be open to the experience. Right. Um, instead of like coming in and be like, this is what you need to do. And this is how you're going to do it. You know, um, at least that's kind of the approach that I, I feel like I've started to take mm-hmm. with my classes. That this It's an invitation. Yeah. Right. And, um, I think another thing that came up is um, I've been reading the 365 meditations from the mat from by Rolf Gates, um, who I, I've just been kind of eating him up. Um, but he kind of breaks down the meditations um, through the eight limbs. <clears throat> and one of the things that he said that's just really stuck out to me um, was that like all of the eight limbs exist in all the others. Yeah. Right. That, like when you're practicing on asana, you are also practicing pranayama and dharana and pratyahara, you know, like all these different things like exist. They don't, they're not divided, you know, that they yeah. all exist kind of in the same time when mm-hmm. you start to practice. Um, and so you're getting a taste of all those different things of what yoga is and its fullness. Right. Yeah. Even if you think you're just showing up to do asana, that like you are still actually getting a little bit of these things that exist Absolutely. In the fullness of yoga. What are the eight limbs of yoga for people that have no idea what we're talking about? I'm answering that question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're the the expert here. Expert. Expert is a a big word. Um, Humble student. Mm. (laughs) You got to. Yeah, there's no other way to be for Mm. a while. I do know what the yoga sutras are, though. Uh, The yoga sutras of Patanjali are the uh, what's it's a systematic. uh, It was a codified. System that was put together from with the wisdom of yoga that mm-hmm. was there at the time of this. I cannot remember dates very well, so I do not remember the dates, but you can look this up. This is accessible online. Um, and it was influenced by what was <coughs> currently in, in India from the Vedic and from the Jain tradition. And that's where the yoga sutras came from. So a compilation of, of what was there at that time. And then it was, uh, it is a number of aphorisms that are short, terse that have a, uh, path that leads to self-realization, to um, enlightenment, to uh, uh, expanded consciousness or connect, connection with the center of, of consciousness. There's a lot of different ways that it's said in the tradition. Um, but this is the main text, and it is one of many texts of yeah. yoga. There are different texts. A lot of times this is the main text that is used in a lot of yoga teacher trainings in mm. uh, what we refer to as the West over here in the States and elsewhere. But there are many other yoga texts as well. There are traditions of Vedanta and Tantra yoga and all kinds of different regional yogas as well. But they all do still have that same thread of self-realization and mm. getting to, to a liberated state of spiritual awareness and then going through the or eight limbs. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. just an example of a few. Sure. Uh, so the eight limbs, I'll just go through eight of the, I'll just go through them. So asana is what is referred to as seat. So asana is uh, what we see now as yoga postures, mm. but it essentially is just a seat. Um, the shape for the mind to take, to, to rest in. Uh, the second is, uh, or, that asana is the third limb. I'm sorry. Yeah, the first and second are the yama and the niyama. Yeah. Uh, 
which you can't forget about. Sorry. See, I'm not an expert. I just messed up. <laughs> um, but no, Teamwork. The, so we start with the yama and the niyama, which are the moral and ethical foundations of yoga, like non-harming, truthfulness, mm -hmm. um, wise energy use, non-stealing. So all of these um, outer and inner codes that help bring us into harmony. Um, with what is it's kind of bringing us in alignment with what like the cosmic blueprint is like what's unfolding on the planet It wants to like align us with that song so mm -hmm. we can kind of be uh, Gelling well with that. So then those are all Meditative observances. We observe them in the practice. We contemplate them in the practice and then that's actually really where it gets put into practice in the world. Yeah. How are we treating ourselves? How are we in relationship with one another? They're very, it's very relationship based with ourselves, mm. with, with the rest of the world. Um, and then uh, we also have the, the last three of Ish, uh, Svadhyaya, which is self-study, Ishvara Panidana, uh, which is uh, surrender. And then before that we have tapas. So that those three are kind of like called Kriya Yoga, the yoga of action, which is our, our, continued effort to grow, expand, mm -hmm. look within, attain sovereignty, and then accept, um, uh, it's translated as surrender a lot, but accept, lean into, um, open up to the fact that there is a higher intelligence mm -hmm. beyond everything that's happening here and that we can be sovereign beings consciously in contact with right. that. And receptivity. And receptivity, yeah. 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 And so those are the first and second limbs. And then the third one is asana, which was the postures, the shapes, mm -hmm. um, like I was saying. And then we have uh, pranayama, which is expansion of the life force. So we use that through breath. So breath is the technique that we use to expand, expand the life force. It's translated just as breath work a lot, but it's more expansion of prana uh, or energy life force. Um, and then we have, uh, let's see. I'm blanking. Is it Pratyahara? Yeah, Pratyahara is next. So that is withdrawal, uh, sensory withdrawal, so mm -hmm. withdrawal of the senses. Usually this is when you'll find in like the end of a yoga class in Shavasana, mm -hmm. you will be systematically drawing your awareness inward, guiding the senses from the external world even more so inward to then uh, move towards Dharna, which is concentration. So when we're meditating, we set our gaze on something and then we try to keep bringing the mind back to that so we can get into a flow with that, which is Dhyana. So that's like meditation proper. Mm. And then there are all of these different stages of samadhi, which are the which is the eight, eighth limb, uh, which is absorption. So yoga is samadhi. Mm -hmm. So yoga is that full unitive state. We are trying to be in a state um, absorbed in the full awareness of who we are. And then we locate ourselves in our center at that single point, but we are aware mm -hmm. of the whole thing. And we realize that we are everything. Everything else is us. And that whole non-duality begins to come into view there. Right. So, uh, like you said, they are not like a systematic path though, where you have to start with one and mm -hmm. then you go to two and then you go to three. Um, the traditions have laid out this, this beautiful, like syst systematic practice that guides us outward inward, mm -hmm. but it's more of like ingredients in a soup mm -hmm. than it is like steps on a ladder. Right. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And see, like I, I like, I'm a geek. I know all of this stuff really, really well. And I just had gaps in my memory of what I was talking about, right? Mm. We're all students. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. not here pretending like I know everything. Mm -hmm. That's so unrelatable. It's not true. And like, we're always learning this stuff over and over and over again. This yeah. is not something that you read once and then you're done, right? Like how many right. times have we gone back to oh read all of this stuff and you get brand new realizations yeah. every single time? And that's how it's supposed to be. Mm. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you've said a couple times, I think, is this idea of humility. Yeah. And I think that that's been really important to me in my life as of recently, that like... Um, kind of embracing that as a practice, right? Embracing that as like a, um, 
a place to begin. Like mm-hmm. that's square one is humility, mm-hmm. I think. Um, in practicing yoga or even teaching it, you know. Um, and I want to know maybe how you incorporate that with the work of activism through yoga. Humility in particular? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I think like where that's coming from, I think in a lot of ways is I have this idea, you know, I, I'm only me, you know? Um, and I only have, you know, this very small circumference of, um, uh, where I can influence anything. Right. And they say like every vote matters, you know, all these different things that like, I'm just so small, you know, in so many ways. Um, but I want, things to change and I want to engage in activism and I want to engage in using my voice to help shape the future, you know? Um, and I think that's, you know, Sarah and I have talked a lot about the ways that we feel, um, in our own small way, maybe through this podcast or through, you know, our relationships with people, the way that we interact with others, um, to engage in activism and to engage in social work and social justice. Um, and so for you and the work that you do, um, can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, yeah, um, I think that I want to like pull in on what you said because I feel like there's a lot here. Our ability to impact the world comes from a place of inner power and sovereignty, mm. I think. I, I've come to believe. And yoga is trying to get us in touch with that state of radical sovereignty, of, of awareness of what our role really is. Mm. So you're aware, I really want to be, I really want to engage, I want to help make this change. I feel so, so small. And yet, you do have the power of the cosmos within you. Mm. And so we all have that impact within our own realm. I don't believe that we're all supposed to be like making broad swaths are becoming huge people. I really think that we underestimate due to a lot of our, um, it's the hungry capitalism that mm-hmm. makes us think we have to do everything big and splashy and huge. Yeah. Whereas if I'm getting up and, and interacting with like five, like we, we are only one person and we can only do so much. So even if our impact is a little bit smaller, is it genuine? Is it sincere? Is it honest? And are we like engaging in the world, um, with that humility, because I think that what we are currently dealing with in the West is this legacy of colonization where everybody is so, this system is so violent and then we're so violent on ourselves because we can't keep up with the system and then we're so violent with each other because nobody can keep up with the system and we're all mad Mm. at the fact that we're not keeping up with the system. Um, So I think that the humility comes in in the sense that we are all here trying to grow evolve, learn, and do our best. And that while we need to make change in the world, uh, that oftentimes our uh, gut, I don't want to say gut reactions. I think what I'm trying to, trying to get at here is that I, I've found in myself 
that my lack of humility, lack of humility made me a quite unskillful activist. Mm. Um, when I was put on myself on a pedestal, I read this thing and knew this thing. So then every time I saw somebody, I would attack them. And uh, what I was doing then was just blaming people for not having the same lived experience that I had or, or not having the same uh, for not having read the same thing that I read. Mm-hmm. So if I know something, it's my job to then see how I can share that if I if I want to without forcing that on other people. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't need like radical change in the world right now. Um, but I think that leading with humility for me is kind of, um, a bit of an antidote to the colonial spell in itself Mm. because I, I, in that way, I'm honoring that everybody else has just as much wisdom in them as I do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there's ways that we step into roles and we know like, okay, this is my realm of genius like this is where I'm supposed to be and then we ship into other roles where it's like oh the move in move out principle where it's like oh this is clearly a space where I should be listening instead of talking Mm -hmm. Um, I was just thinking I guess in what I'm hearing is you're having to like drop the assumptions to remain humble yeah meet people really where they are yeah and not assume that they have knowledge that you have had the access and the privilege to consume right the absolute privilege Mm -hmm. and so then when we blame people for not getting that or we start because then what we do is we replicate policing online Mm -hmm. and we replicate policing within our our activist communities Mm -hmm. and then we are just internalizing all of this harm we're so good at that with each other Mm -hmm. i mean we're so good at doing that um and that's not helping that's not helping us change the system that's not helping us really focus the power of the masses towards the global elite right now that are holding all of the resources mm-hmm. um, yeah and also that humility I think also helps us open up to the beauty and magic and wisdom all of all of the other life forms that we share the planet with that we're not actually uh, in any type of supremacy over at all either right um, in our in fact so lucky that they haven't like <laughs> taken over us in a fury right um mm-hmm. yeah okay i have a question as someone who is part of the other community myself most times when i go to yoga classes even my own classes they're mm-hmm. full of one very specific type of person right like at least middle to upper class white women do you feel included in the yoga community here, do you feel like you are kind of carving your own lane, both as um, an educator and as a student? And what are ways like we could make yoga more inclusive? Because I also know that when I teach, Caleb is oftentimes the only gay man in my class. Uh, I'm lucky that I have had a handful of men at one time, but most of the time they're cis hetero white men again. Um, I'm lucky enough to lead a person of color class where there are a lot of different people of um, all gender and sexual orientation that have come. And I think that's great. But again, it's one percent of my class. So, like, how how can we do better and how do you feel in this community? Um, I've had to wade through a lot of this as well. Uh, I there was a lot of communities that I or yoga studios that I didn't feel comfortable with and didn't know how to name that for a long time. It was because there's like gym culture, mm-hmm. which is more like workout culture, Western beauty standard culture, uh, body sculpt culture, um, which also is just drenched in a lot of privilege. So no, most places I did not, that most yoga studios in Iowa City, I do not feel comfortable with. And um, the other thing is that I've always, I have always been looking for something that was more traditional and 
more connected to my uh, wellness beyond physicality. Hmm. Uh, so I didn't know any of that when I first started, but then all of these different ways, like, you know, microaggressions. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've so, heard of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, they pile up over time and we start, and then I found literature that kind of gave that spoke to what I was to what I was experiencing. So uh, I do feel that I am doing something different in terms of what I'm offering as a yoga teacher in our area uh, because my lived experience is different. I don't know any other trans yoga teachers and I was in this area that have this specific lens of activism and how to apply this in the world that I do. Mm -hmm. So I have moved myself less out of studio culture, except there are, there are, there are studios that I absolutely resonate. Um, one of them is like breathing room yoga in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and the other, and, and um, another is uh, sunlight yoga and apothecary down in Davenport. These are, these are, mm middle-aged white women mm -hmm. that have dug in and are doing the work. So it's yeah. possible, y'all. We see yes, it. it. We is. see it. We have our templates and our mm -hmm. and uh, these amazing people doing this work. Um, however, we still live, the, the broad culture is still catering to, to that demographic. Mm -hmm. And that demographic uh, of, it's women, but it's also sensitive people and caretakers mm -hmm. and people that have, uh, you know, they usually are more open to that type of stuff first, not exclusively. Again, none of this is cut and dry. We're just generalizing based off of what we see and, what, and what's typical. Um, but that lends more to the fact that yoga is the buzzword within the wellness space. Now that yoga is popular, many people are saying, oh, we'll just, or doctors even are just like, we'll just go try yoga. Um, but uh, how we make things more inclusive, I think it does make a big difference that we have more teachers of different experiences. Mm -hmm. So then people can have teachers that are resonate with, re resonating them with a different, uh, in a better way. Um, and I think that we make deeper change by really teaching yoga, by really teaching yoga. Um, it seems on the surface like people might not want that. So some people won't feel like they can't because, well, people don't want that. They want a workout. So I can't teach what I feel like I should teach because I'm going to lose my business. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm, it's incredibly hard to navigate the industry that we work in. That is an industry and also a spiritual tradition right. in this, uh, in this type of economy. So it, it's incredibly, it's incredibly challenging. Um, I think that what we do is that we create spaces that are welcoming, not elitist, uh, focused on sovereignty, focused on guiding people back to their own inner wisdom and creating communities. Um, it has to be intentionally inclusive. Mm -hmm. And you need people that are going to be um, aware, humble, and, and open to being compassionate to anybody that walks into the door. So um, I don't think that there's, especially in our area, it's really hard because we just don't have the population to, to do many things super robustly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not a marketing expert by any means. So, uh, I, I know other people that talk to you about yoga marketing expert expertise, but, um, hopefully the more that we can create spaces that people, um, feel a sense of, uh, realness. I think that I think that a lot of the turnoff and what intimidates people is that you have those really privileged spaces that force the facade. You have to have the right pants and the right mat and the right body shape and the right skin color, of course, and the right gender and all these other things. The more that we make spaces that we show up in where those molds don't matter at all, um, then I, I think people start seeing more and more and more like, oh, OK, no, this actually is for me. Mm 
mm-hmm. as well. And it is for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that we, that takes us making spaces like breathing room intentionally that are going to be different and that say, Hey, this is why we're different. Mm-hmm. And not in a way that they even have to, you don't have to shit on other people to do that either. Like this is the path that we're carving because we feel like people have been othered. Yeah. And so we're going to make, make a new path. So I think that the us living, breathing, sharing the practice generously is what helps what helps do that. Mm, generosity. Love that. Mm, generosity of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I like wow. it too. Well, I have a game that we want to play with you, Fun. but I left it in the other room. So, oh, oh like an actual game. Sarah. Tell me, I gotta get up. Okay. Well, while she's gone, tell me about. <laughs> I think I remember you okay, saying. Okay, okay, Caleb turns. And uh, you're a Leo, correct? Well, well, this is a funny question uh-oh. because I study Vedic astrology oh. and not Western astrology. Okay. Um, so it, uh, the Vedic astrology is called Jyotish. It's the science of light. It is one of the limbs of the Vedas mm. and it is um, one of the streams that uh, all of this wisdom flows from. Um, I'm love it. I can't read a birth chart yet. So don't reach out to me for a birth <laughs> chart reading because it won't be very good. But I can tell you your energies and I can, based off of the energies in your birth chart, I can put together a pretty good yoga therapy treatment plan. That's um, fabulous. So that's pretty cool. So I'm, yeah. that, I'm that far. Um, but I uh, am a Leo sun in the Western system. However, in Vedic astrology, my uh, rising sign is Aries. My sun is Cancer and my moon is Pisces. Whoa. Wow. And I resonate with my Vedic chart a lot better, a, a lot mm-hmm. more so, which makes a lot of sense just based off of who I am and how my mind is composed. Sure. No, I feel yeah. like that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And I'm sure the definitions of those signs are different in Vedic astrology. Or in- um, they're quite similar. Though they are. They're, okay. they're quite similar. Yeah. It's just the way the, ca- the charts are calculated are a bit differently. Ah. Um, you'll hear this said all the time that um, so Vedic astrology is actually aligned with what's going on astronomically. Oh, okay. the Western astrology is is kind of based on the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. Um, so it's not the calculations are different. Mm. Um, so Vedic astrology predictions um, tend to be accurate. There's also I mean, there's just vicious arguments in the astrology community that I don't care to be a part vicious. of. <laughs> okay. But, um, but uh, that's that's the the beauty of, of Vedic astrology is that um, precision, because, again, mm. Um, Westerners looked at all of the systems of India and thought it was like backwards, wooey nonsense. Right. It was incredibly wicked, sophisticated science, and it has been wicked. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But if it wasn't wicked, made absolutely by white wicked. people, mm-hmm. we don't care. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Europeans didn't understand it, and also they saw that it was gaining. It was allowing people to have sovereignty and power, and you can't colonize people no. with sovereignty right. and power. Exactly. That's very true. Okay, now I'm <laughs> ready for this game. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to become a little more tech savvy in 2024 mm. and put this in my phone. Okay. Our, our game yeah. is mm-hmm. on a piece of paper and my notepad. I'm like Steve from Blue's Clues. I've got my handy dandy oh, I notebook. Love that. I know, it's so cute. <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> so just like blue. That's so cute. Okay, this is a word association game that has no Ooh. name. So I'm still taking names out there. Um, if anyone has any suggestions for me. And I'm going to say a word. I want you to just say the first thing that you think of. Mm-hmm. It does not have to be a full thought. If for some reason you say some fuck shit, which I don't think you will, and you have to explain yourself, go ahead. But... Just, you know, 
I say one word, you say one word, and we're just going to keep this cadence going back and forth. Cool. Sounds fun. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Mm. <laughs> Abortion. No. No? What's going on currently? No. Okay. <laughs> um, feminism. Absolutely. Monogamy. If it works for you. Dating. I love dating. Black Lives Matter. Yes. <laughs> Unequivocally. Queer. Me. <laughs> Marriage. If it works for you. Parenting. Conscious is what came to mind first. Mm. Polyamory. If it works for you. Love people. Love people is what comes to my mind for that one. Yeah. Republicans. Compassion. Nepotism. Not favored. Democrats. Compassion. Barbie. Yes! <laughs> Psychedelics. Um, nuance, but also powerful. Mm-hmm. Politics. We need to be more skilled. Blue lives matter. I think that uh, I like to be hard on systems, not on people. Cannabis. Yes. Also, we need to be more skilled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Religion. <laughs> uh, religion can be beautiful. Can be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Patriarchy. No. Must fall. Kill it now. Therapy. I love therapy. Men. All, mm, mm. Oh, sorry. Sorry, no. Yeah, no, I love therapy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep that. Men. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I, there's a lot of nuance there. I don't know. I don't know. Um, need I love. love. Need love. They do. Need love. They do. <laughs> Plastic surgery. No comment. Fitness. What kind? Oh. How about your feelings on yoga? We already know, but yeah. if you had to describe yoga in one word, love. Mm. Mm. And one more question: Do you have a sex playlist? Okay, not a specific <laughs> sex playlist because I am never in that same of a mood. Mm. Yeah, but I'm also like, I kind of, I really actually like silent sex. Where we're, we make sounds. Okay. We are the ones making okay. the sounds. You're the ones yeah. making the music. Yeah, you're making the music. Yeah. You are the soundtrack to your yes, own movie. absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> love it. Kind of like I don't use music, I don't use music in a yoga class either. <laughs> right, no, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw this um, little reel and it said whenever you make mmm, mmm. Mm. Sounds it really makes whatever you're talking about sound more serious. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> I feel like that happens on podcasts. Mm. That's a lot. exactly what they said on podcasts <laughs> when you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it made me think of all the times that we've mm. done that. Yeah, yes. so mm-hmm. deep. Mm. <laughs> it's like that. You need to make sure that the listener knows that right. you're listening yep. to them. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'm taking this in mm. right now. Mm. Yes. Mm, yes. I'm feeling a way about it too. Mm, yes. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you, Zaria, so much for being here today. It was us. a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And to everybody listening, give Caleb and Sarah all the love. Yes. For showing thank up. Thank you. For showing up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go review our podcast. 
Right. <laughs> I say that all the time. That's how I would like to receive Follow, love. subscribe. Can I plug? Can I plug yes, yes, of course. Okay, cool. I love teaching yoga and I love working with people that want to study yoga. So you can reach me at introspectionyoga.com or at Zaria Akasha, Z-A-R-I-A-A-K-A-S-H-A at gmail.com. Um, if you liked anything that I said or want to just hang out, uh, you are free to drop a question. Um, or if you want to take yoga classes with Sarah and Caleb, they're also here at Breathing Room in Cedar Rapids. Mm. How can we find you on the gram? I am Zaria James Yoga. Nice. And you know where we're at, bitches. Yeah, go follow her. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Follow Zaria. Follow Caleb. Follow Craig. I'm not really posting anything that's all that interesting. Don't bother. All right. Well, follow the podcast. <laughs> Do that. And then you can stay up to date with all of our episodes and see pictures of all our guests. Right. And uh, all the good shit that's there. Love you. We love you so much. Toodles. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>